Welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. Today, we are going to talk about making a bouquet. And I think the very first thing we have to talk about is a bouquet versus an arrangement. An arrangement is perfectly symmetrical. The stem lengths are all varying perfectly so that you can you know, view every flower from every angle. And it's, it's a lot more floral design versus a bouquet, which is typically like a market bouquet of a bunch of flowers and then you bring it home and you can arrange it yourself. That is definitely what I sell to my customers. Now, I will somewhat arrange it in a mason jar for my subscription holders, but you know, it's it's definitely not taking the time to perfectly, you know, put in all the design elements mainly because of my price point. The reason I'm able to sell them for what I sell them for is because I don't factor in a lot of time. If I had to take 20 minutes to make a bouquet, it, it I just would not be able to do that for the cost that I sell them for, which my subscriptions right now this year are $25 a piece. I think $1.50 gets taken out for credit card fees. And then, you know, sales tax in Minnesota is 6.875%. So all said and done, I net about $22 a bouquet and the customer pays $25. I don't add tax. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I do add tax on my subscriptions on my website. But like when I'm selling them at STEM bars and stuff, they're $30 and then the tax is included. But anyway, I just, I do pay my taxes. I promise. Anyway, regardless, by the time I do the credit card fees and stuff, it's like, I just, I need to make these affordable for the customers so that they want them. But if I said, oh, subscriptions are $45 a week, like people just aren't going to pay them. They want the $25 a week, which means, you know, they're not perfectly arranged, but I think they still look very nice and they're in a mason jar. And sometimes people end up bringing them home anyway and rearranging them. But in general, like I said, my bouquets are cheaper than an arrangement because I'm not taking a significant time to perfectly prepare them. The thing is, I talked about this in, I believe, episode two or three. I don't remember. I think it was episode two, uh, where you go back and I talked about my book that I wrote, Every Room Blooms. And it's my ebook through Unpack Publishing. And again, they partner with a lot of different people with social media accounts, such as mine. They use the term influencer. I don't, but essentially it's, you know, someone who's an expert in their field. There's someone who she lives in Alaska and she wrote a book on, you know, insider trails to hike when you're in Alaska. Someone else did one on preparing makeup and how, you know, how to properly do your makeup. She wrote an ebook on that. And I think it was like $14. Someone else wrote one. And I think that one was like $6 where she talks about how to take control of tidying up your house and, you know, just literally an ebook to follow step-by-steps of how to get your house in order. And so I have written three of them. The first one was Every Room Blooms, and it's how to direct seed a cut flower garden for yourself. The other one is Backyard Blooms, which is perennial flowers to put in your landscaping that are good as cut flowers. And then the one I'm going to talk about today is Bouquets in Bloom, which talks about how to make a bouquet. So this is for someone that comes to one of my stem bars where there's 12 different kinds of flowers and you want to make an arrangement 
or it's someone that, you know, for example, I sell buckets of flowers. And so say someone buys five, five gallon buckets of flowers. I charge depending on the kind of flowers they want. And if they're okay with a mix of colors versus if they want specific colors, I charge a little more, honestly, anywhere between 60 and $90, depending on what it is, it can vary quite a bit, but say they're 75 bucks each and they buy five buckets of flowers because they want a bouquet on every table for a wedding anniversary party. Pretty good deal compared to wholesale. And rather than having me make 20 some arrangements, which five, okay, it'd be like 30 arrangements for five buckets, a little more than that, because you usually get between five and seven per bucket. But this is what walks them through the steps of how to make their own bouquets and have them looking nice. So the first thing you're going to want to do is gather your supplies. So when I'm making these bouquets to sell, for example, if I'm going to a vendor fair or some sort of market, when I have my bunches of flowers in craft paper, I like to make about five bouquets of each combination because that's how many fit in a bucket. And even if I have them in mason jars kind of all next to each other, I like to have ones that look the same rather than spreading them out because I think it just looks nicer and you can focus on like, oh, okay, those are purple and orange and these are a bunch of light pinks and okay, those are a lot more whites and greens rather than mixing them all together on the table. Like for my subscription holders, if I make 50 bouquets and I have three different kinds for them to choose from, I will still divide them up a third, a third, a third rather than mix them all together, even though that might look nicer, but it just gets busy and people can't tell what they want. And so I just think when they're bunched together with the ones that look like them, they make a greater impact. The first few years that I had cut flowers that I sold, I kind of had to make them with what I had. I I talked about this earlier, but I would grow a ton of mixes. So like a mixed seed pack of zinnias or snapdragons or whatever it may be, because those seed packets are cheaper. So that's what I bought. Well, now I will buy one of the same color so that an entire row that's 60 feet long with, you know, 700 plants in it or whatever. Maybe it has, you know, the first half of the row is purple Benares giant zinnias and the second half is lime Benares giant zinnias rather than a whole mix of different colors of zinnias. Just because when I make the bouquets, then I can really stick to certain colors. So now it's a lot more fun to cut as I go. So I try to come up with a different recipe every week. And like I said, there's 50 subscriptions on Wednesdays in the summertime. And so I need to make 50 bouquets. I typically have two or three different recipes for those just because, you know, number of flowers, but I'll figure, I'll figure out which colors I want, you know, see how it goes. But sometimes for fun, rather than setting them all out at once, I will set out half of them, you know, the two different colors and just to make sure that people that come later in the day have the same opportunity to get the other colors because otherwise... You know, some of them are all snagged and it's funny because for the most part, it, it really evens out. Sometimes with the tulips, I'm like, okay, just to see what'll happen, I will put some in mason jars and some in floral sleeves and see what people take. And it's half and half. It's like, oh, okay, well, that worked out pretty well. Like I said, I try to come up with a recipe. So then after I pick them, I let them sit for at least an hour, but usually overnight is best, like 12 hours. So I try to harvest in at night or immediately in the morning or I harvest right away in the morning and then make the bouquets that evening for pickup the next morning. I want them to be as fresh as possible, but the flowers need to hydrate and soak up that water before you start working with them. When I pick them, I also do my best to leave the leaves in the garden. So what I'll do is I will take a flower and anything 
you know, more than six inches of leaves below the stem, I will just take my fingers and run it down the stem and get rid of any excess leaves or foliage because I don't want anything besides the stem in the water or it just is going to harbor bacteria and it really shortens the vase life. So it's best when you're harvesting to do that in the garden. And like I said, to do it not in the hottest part of the day. So right away in the morning or later evening, you know, right away in the morning, obviously it's still pretty dewy. So that's hard you know, around 8 a.m., but I'd rather have a little bit of dew and not as much heat, put it that way. So there are many types of foliage and fillers that you can use in your bouquet that are likely growing right in your landscaping. I'm not trying to get you to steal from your landlord if you rent an apartment, but a couple stems probably won't go unnoticed. Um, Don't do that. That's wrong. Don't do that. So my book, Backyard Blooms, like I said, describes flowers that you can plant in your landscaping that work really well for cut flowers. So again, if you're just kind of you know, if you buy a, a bouquet of something at your local grocery store and then you just want to fill it out and make it a little bit nicer, you can even put like some hosta leaves or some spirea plants or there's just a lot of different leaves that work well within a bouquet. Even like peonies actually work pretty well. The, the green leaves, you know, if in July, the bushes are still there and you can just add those in there. When it comes to color schemes, um, that's something I truly believe are ever tra- changing with trends and it's beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So the last year I have been asked to do so many bouquets of just greenery and foliage and I just have to laugh because I'm like, well, where's the flowers you just want? Okay. You just want the greens. Okay. You know, I just got asked to do a wedding and she said that she wants all white flowers on the table and pink flowers on the head table. And I'm like, by the time your guests get there and they're wearing clothes, like I just don't think it's going to be the impact that you want. Yeah. So right now the trend is a lot of neutrals and whites mixed with a little bit of color. And like I said, that's fine. And I, it doesn't matter what I like. It matters what the customer likes and whatever the trends are. And I try to stay up to date as best as I can, but My biggest advice is to use the colors that you like. And I understand that not all colors work well together, but for the most part, they do. Reds are really hard, and I really don't grow hardly any straight reds. I'll do some dark maroon um, or like a deep burgundy, but just straight reds are really hard to mix because there's really not a good time of year unless it's literally 4th of July week, and it's not worth it to me to grow red zinnias because if they're not blooming, then eh, not worth it. Um, so like I said, just try to use colors that you like. Um, I've pretty much eliminated the oranges that or the jack-o'-lantern orange, the bright reds. These colors are just sometimes difficult to work with, but salmons, pinks, pale yellows, purples, greens, those are my jam. I tend to try to go with hues and shades more than the colors themselves. So I like more moody mauve and pastels and put some vibrant, stark, solid flowers in there to kind of throw it in. But again, my advice is to do what you like. So once you have the colors picked out and harvested, the next thing you want to do, talked about this already, but is to prepare your stems. So anything, if you're not using the leaves below the water line, you're going to want to get rid of those. When it comes to additives for the water, I just use a fresh cold vase or fresh water into a vase. I don't I don't add anything. We can talk about harvest and vase life in another episode, but ultimately, you know, some people would put a penny in there. Some people will use an aspirin. Some people will use floral prep. Some people will do a drop of bleach. And what I say is, you know what, just dump it out. 
honestly, if you really, they kind of take work to keep them looking fresh. Ideally, trim the stems every single day and trade out the water every single day. And I know that's a lot of work, but if you just do it and dump it out, they're going to last so much longer. So I typically, you know, the rule of three is a bouquet should be a mix of focal foliage and fillers, and that will make them look great every single time. However, to make them look more whimsical, like my style, I like to make sure that I have a focal flower. So something, you know, like a, a Benary's giant zinnia or a sunflower or a peony, a focal flower, a spike, a disc, a filler and air. So I didn't need, I didn't invent these terms, but a gal named Erin started preaching about these elements. And honestly, it was a game changer in the way I make bouquet. So I get so many compliments when I use these and the rule of three where it's focal foliage and filler, like I just kind of thrown that out the window because I'm like, nah, not just three. So the rule of three is that it's a principle design of design that we like things in three. So any design blog will say, you know, plants and landscaping, pillows on couches, Christmas decorations, all of that, that it's, you know, it's very structured and things should come in three. And again, if you're making an arrangement I believe that that's true. You should have three of this kind of flower, three of that kind of flower, and a third and a third and, you know, just have them structured together so that they're not spaced out. But again, these are market style, wild and whimsical bouquets. You don't need them to be structured. We need texture. We need, we need a little wilderness. So focal flowers, those are sunflowers, lilies, peonies, dahlias, and then the large varieties of zinnias. I used to sell sunflowers in bunches of six for like $12, but I quit doing that because I realized that I could take those same six sunflowers, mix them with some greenery, some zinnias, and some of my filler flowers, and they're they're just way less value because one sunflower, remember, when they bloom, they are done. They're one and done. And so I can make those premium flowers stretch a little bit farther, and now I sell those six sunflowers for $25 each, basically, because they're mixed with other flowers. So instead of, you know, 12 to $15 for just six sunflowers. Now I sold them for, you know, even if I did them 15, so 15 times five would be 60, $75. Now I can sell them for $150 literally with some other flowers mixed in, but they're, they're not my valuable premium stems. So those, those premium stems, I really like to try to divide out and I don't sell them in direct bunches. Although it is a lot less work because you're not taking the time to make the bouquets, but again, constantly learning. Maybe I'll look back at this episode and laugh and maybe all I'll do is sell straight sunflower bunches. When I talk about spikes, those are snapdragons, salvia, amaranth, gladiolas. They add height and make it all look really interesting. It's an attention grabber. It's sticking out of the bundle. And I usually do, this is the one time that I go with the rule of three. I like having three in there because one just looks weird, but usually it's three of the same, but it depends what I have blooming. Sometimes I'll do one amaranth, one snapdragon, one salvia, or two amaranth and one snapdragon, or sometimes three snapdragons. But it's, it's nice to have three different things for that height element. The next flower that I make sure I add is a disc of some sort, so a circular shape. Cosmos, zinnias, my favorite varieties are Oklahoma salmon because they're really small. I'm not, so like I said, the Benary's giant variety that are like three inches around, those are a focal, but these are a disc. Marigolds, asters, 
So whatever it is, it's something in a circle. Not everything can be pointy and whimsical. You need some normalcy and they take up place. They stay put. They take up volume. And yes, once again, I like to add three of those, but it's not a third and they're not all bunched together, but it's it's just a good volume. And maybe you only need two, maybe you need four, but just to kind of take up a little bit more volume. Filler ideas, whatever that is, is is greenery, basically greenery, but don't get caught up in the fact that they need to be green. Sometimes, you know, they can be different colors of hosta leaves or they can be amaranth, honeywort, bells of Ireland, basil. My basil is usually purple. Um, Nearly 50% of a bouquet can be comprised of fillers and and that's okay to like, you know, bulk it up and, you know, you can have six stems of greenery in there. The airs are like ornamental grasses or scabiosa or cress or wax flower or status. They don't really take up volume and just adding one or two can go a long way. I try to keep them among the longest in the bouquet. So it's, it's just something that that just kind of adds a little touch to the end. Like they just, they don't really take up space, but they just imagine like dogwoods in a Christmas porch pot where it's just kind of just kind of sticking out and taking up a little space, but just being present, like a little accent. So now you are ready to put it all together. So I find that I can never get it quite right if I try to arrange in a jar. And that's probably because that makes it an arrangement. So oftentimes I end up, if I do that, I end up with really short stems because I keep trying to make it look right. And I'm, oh, take a little bit off this one, a little bit off this one. And then they're just in there. So what I like to do over time is I've learned to just arrange them in my hand. So I will stick out my left hand and I will grab the focal flower and then I add stems as I go. So I just turn the bouquet a quarter turn, viewing it from each side and then just adding it around. So think of it as a circle with five layers around it or like an onion. Like you just start with your focal flower and then, you know, just add ingredients. So then I've got the focal and then I add the biggest fillers that I have kind of creating a barrier between those next plants and the focal flower so that you really see the focal flower and it doesn't get mixed up with like the discs. And then I'll add the spikes because I don't want those on the edges. I want them more within their arrangement. And then I'll do my disc flowers and then the rest of my fillers. I will add a bunch of these pictures on my website so you get a better idea of what it looks like. But I try to put the air somewhat on the side just again. So then it's kind of just off on its own doing its own little thing. But if using a sleeve, I want the top of the sleeve to meet the top of the flowers. It protects them and then they still look really pretty because you can see them, but they don't get bent up. Next year, or this year, I should say, um, I haven't hit add to cart, or I have it in my cart. Um, I just haven't bought it yet, but I will put a link on here. By the time this episode comes out and the blog post comes out, I will have used it multiple times. If it's not on here, I will have bought a second one and done it, but I'm going to buy a big stem cutter blade, kind of like a big massive paper cutter, um, so that I can just cut, you know, 50 bouquets a day rather than cutting each individual stem with a scissors. It's really going to save a lot of time. Um, a couple examples of some bouquets that I want to talk about. Um, one recipe would be one sunflower, two snapdragons, one amaranth, three zinnias, three honeywort, one status, and one bupleurum. Those are typically like early July bouquets. And then another one like in September will be one dahlia, three basil, two salvia, one amaranth, three zinnias, 
and a nigella. So those are just a couple sample bouquets of what I usually do for my, um, my subscription bouquets. And yeah, I hope that this makes it a little easier. Abby, do you have any questions? I feel much more confident after hearing you give the rundown on how to put a bouquet together. I have no artistic experience with like design. I will call my sister about once every two weeks, like in a panic because I don't know how to decorate or put stuff together. But like you just grow good flowers. So when I went to your pop-up last summer, that was just a stem bar, build your own. Like even with my complete lack of design and a little bit of coaching from you, I still had a beautiful bouquet. Well, I think what my customers enjoy is the fact that there's 15 stems and there's maybe a couple multiples of two or a couple multiples of three, but for the most part, there's seven to 10 different flowers in this bouquet. It's going to look cool. It's going to look interesting. Um, you know, and my tulip bunches, that's an exception. My spring ones, those are straight tulips, but for my summertime ones, I think that's what makes them so interesting is there's so many things to focus on. And some things are just, some things are very blah on their own as they should be. They can't all be, they can't all be so much. Some things are just leaves. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And that's okay. But yeah, I think that's what makes it, you know, people are buying the product speaks for itself. The, the, each individual stem is unique and yeah, that's what makes them look different. And I think that's what people like about them. They're so different than the kind of stuffy floral shop Mm -hmm. stuff that we're used to. And I think, you know, some of those arrangements can look just like a funeral arrangement or just like a, and that's what they remind us of. And then we see these and we're like, oh, that looks like wildflowers. I want to go twirl in a meadow, even though I don't think I've ever twirled in a meadow. Twirl in a meadow and sing Julie Andrews (laughs) songs. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Or it just makes you like, someday I'm going to go homestead with my seven children that I homeschool. I'm going like, to sew my yeah. own clothing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, maybe, okay, well I'll just get the bouquet and call it good. Scratch that itch. But yeah, you, you just grow incredible flowers and having a helpful guide like this for how to put them together makes me want to go like buy a bunch and like make my own. Well, it's fun. We're kind of in a lull time where I can't I know. I know. Buy flowers from yeah. you. <laughs> and if you guys have any questions, again, you can find me on Instagram at, at Sunny Mary Meadow. Send me a question. Let me know. I mean, I've got, honestly, I, my feed is full of, you know, bouquets that I've done or, you know, memes of growing flowers. I don't know. Um, but my customers do a really good job of tagging me. Like they put it in their really cute decorated house. And again, although I did, I did promise I'm going to have flowers on display every every week all summer long we'll see how that goes we'll see how that goes i believe in you all right thanks for listening to the sunny mary meadow podcast i'm your host liz if you like what you're hearing please subscribe and rate us you can find us on instagram pinterest and facebook at sunny mary meadow subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com and if you have questions or comments or anything to say we would love to hear from you you can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com Flowers, flowers, we love flowers, Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. SunnyMaryMeadow.com